0: Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome to the show. So here's what we got on top for this evening. I want to spend some time talking about the Kanger Subox Mini Kit as well as the Joy Evic Kit. I got them both and there's a lot to say. After that I'm going to talk about, um, well, keeping with the vaping related stuff, the uh, Attorney General for New York... Has announced that he will be collecting ninety-five thousand dollars in fines from four New York businesses who were selling e-liquid without the child-proof caps, which is of course mandated by law. Then we're going to talk about the truth about Rachel Dolezal. Hope I'm pronouncing well. I don't really care if I'm pronouncing her last name right. Um, <clears throat> it's a fascinating case, and well. There's just some stuff that people aren't talking about, so that's what I'm going to focus on. And I guess, well, let's start the show this way. Now, I've been talking for the last, last. well, I, I've been talking a few weeks ago, telling everybody how much I love crawfish, right? So basically what I've been doing is I treat myself like once a week. There's a couple of restaurants near me that have it, and every now, not every week, but maybe two or three Mondays out of a month, they got a $10 special for a pound of crawfish. So I've been doing that. But it got me thinking, like, I love shellfish so much, but it's so goddamn expensive. And there's just certain things. I don't know. I think this came from when I was a kid. My parents used to take me out to dinner kind of like as a reward for being good. And I loved it. And the one thing that was, like, super, super special would be when they would take me somewhere for, for lobster or, or crab, which was very rare. I had a, I don't know, get straight A's or something. But it was good. I mean, it worked. I mean, I was, uh, believe it or not, I was a really good kid. I was very well-behaved. And uh, you wouldn't find a better-behaved child in a restaurant, and don't take my word for it. You can ask my parents. I am. I was an angel in a restaurant because it was my favorite thing. It was my favorite thing to go out to eat. I'm with all the adults and You know, and, and, you know, what I used to really like what one part of it was, we'd go to these places and, you know, invariably there would be a a kid around my age, just misbehaving. And I was just, you know, it, 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 it astounded me even as, as, as a kid that old, I said, how could he, this is like the best thing ever his parents are treating him to. and, And he, and he can't sit still and not pitch a fit. Anyway, to this day, I still cringe when I'm out with my friends at a restaurant and they, you know, use the wrong fork, but that's my own hang up. Anyway, uh, on the rare, rare occasion that my parents would let me get like lobster, you know, someplace was having a special or something. Anyway, I just, I always respected it, that this was a special thing. It was a treat and it was really to be valued. Now I got the bug, I guess this summer. Um, you know, when I, when I went to that crawfish boil and, you know, I I started thinking, I'm like, man, I, I love shellfish so much. And I'm looking around at the, and you, you go to a restaurant, it's like $35 for a lot. I, I can't do it. Even though I love it so much, there's just something in it. Like I said, it probably came from, you know, the, the the way my parents taught me to like really value the experience. Like I can't do it. I can't, there's something in me that I just won't pay that for a bug <laughs> for, for a rodent. That's what it is. It's a rodent that happens to live underwater, happens to be delicious, but. I know there's like, there's like nothing, like, I understand that the the, the fishermen, they got to go out and they got to catch the things, whatever, but there's like nothing special in like, it's not like a cow where like the better you treat it, the better it tastes and you let it roam free and all that. They're fucking roaches that live in the ocean and it just really, there's something about it. I just, I refuse to pay a lot for it, even though it's like my favorite food. So it just got me thinking, I'm like. You know, for crawfish, I guess you got to know what you're doing a little bit with like the seasoning and everything. But, you know, for like lobster, all they're doing, even at a fancy restaurant, all they're doing is boiling a pot of water, throwing in a couple of bay leaves, squeezing a lemon and throwing in the lobster, then bring it to your plate. And that's $35, you know, or more. But, you know, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Why am I not just doing this myself? I know how to boil water, you know, what else is there? So I started researching. So I actually asked um, a couple of my friends who are chefs, and uh, I'm, I'm saying, you know, I want to I want to go buy some lobster for myself and cook it at home. So I want to buy live lobster. Where do I go? Now both of these guys gave me the same recommendation, same place. So I thought, hey, that's a that's good. Got two different guys don't know each other. They're both heads of you know, head chefs of restaurants. So I go to the I didn't go to the place. I looked it up first. I'm like, wow, what a fancy website! This looks really nice, and I'm looking around on it, and I'm like, they got like a live sushi bar there, and I'm just like, hold on a second, this, this sounds real fancy, and I wasn't real clear with them that I was shopping for the best product at the best price. I'm not, I was not shopping for, you know, like a some sort of a Whole Foods experience or, or whatever, you know. So, so I'm looking around, and you know, obviously, you go to checking. It, That's so annoying checking checking prices on on seafood. Is nearly impossible, really, because it's all market price, so it changes all the time. So you got to you got to call them, right? So okay, so I call them, all right? Yeah, yeah uh, dude, How much is your so? I, how much is your lobster per pound? Like thirteen dollars. I'm like, okay, that sounds like a lot. I think. Uh, so okay, thank you. So then, I'm like, that can't, you know, the, the, that place it just. It sounded too nice. Any 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 place, yeah, I understand they're selling the live stuff, but like they, they got raw bars and they, it's it, it just sounded a little too fancy for me. So then I went and did some work, you know, researching on the internet, places to go. And now I'm finding all these places in in a Chinatown where you know th- these places they don't have websites. Believe me, I don't even think they have telephones. Even if they did, they don't speak English. But there's a lot of information on other websites saying I went here and this is what I paid. Now. So I had like a little you know lists. so um i found a couple of uh, places like on mulberry just south of the canal where there's like a concentration of there's a there's a few of these markets that people were talking about and i went shopping you know i go from one place to the next i look at the i i look at the lobsters um i look at all their other stuff too and you know big selling point for me no white people <laughs> they're all chinese people there are it's literally i'm the only white guy there Although there were a couple of black guys buying crab legs at one of the place, but that's a good sign for me. No white people. That means cheap prices. And sure enough, there was now there was basically, I found the best price was like $8 a pound for a lobster, which is fucking a lot less than $13. Right. So that that was pretty good. Now they do sell these lobsters for like, I think it was like six fifty or something or seven bucks a pound, but they're like missing a claw and they're like all gimpy and shit. I don't really want to fuck with that. So, I mean, you you, you can do even better, but um, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to gimp lobster. So anyway, I found a couple of places that were $8 a pound. I went back and forth, you know, I'm looking at them and you know, they, they they were pretty similar, but I looked, uh, uh, I got the, I got, I got from this one place and then, um, well, that was that. So I'm like, all right, let's see how this goes. I go home, boil a pot of water, squeeze a lemon. Few bay leaves, chuck it in, take it out. It's as good as any lobster I've ever had. It was wonderful. It was delicious. A little butter. You don't need anything. I mean, everything else, it's just nothing. Boil water, a lemon. You got a, a, a walnut cracker, and you know, you you, you take a fork and you, you peel off a couple of the things. Although I got one of these nice little lobster picker things, but but you don't need any. It's so simple. And I'm like, this is great. And now I'm thinking, you know, I'm not going to eat lobster every day as much as I'd like to. That's I mean, that's a bit rich, but there's a world of uh shellfish out there. Now I knew that I have I've always loved another childhood memory that I so fondly look look back upon. My um uh, my father's uh parents used to live in Maryland, so we would go and visit and we would go to these uh you know, in Maryland, they got the they got the blue crabs, right? The Maryland, the, the Maryland crabs, blue crabs, whatever you want to call them. So you go to these places, and they got the paper down on the table. They give you a mallet and a and a thing, and you're smashing the crabs and eating them. And it was a great thing, and it was my family. And great thing about it, a place like that, you can just eat like an animal because there's, there's fucking shit flying everywhere. I love, I love eating where I don't have to give a fuck as much as when I go to a regular restaurant want to be polite and, you know, do the right thing and, you know, respect the staff and all that stuff. You go to a place like this where they just take a bucket and dump a dozen crabs out in front of you, it's no holds barred. It's a free-for-all. <laughs> I love it. So I love that. I'm like, so what about crabs? So, you know, I have the first lobster. I said, all right, well, l- let's, let's look around. Let's see what else is there. Now, th- there was a, in between then and then, the, I found some places that had good shrimp, and shrimp is nice. It's cheaper, a lot of meat. Um, but then I'm like, all right, a little, little while goes by. I'm like, all right, I want to get another lobster. And I find this place that's like a wholesaler. So it's like, uh, but, it, but they said on the internet, they're like, but if they're not busy, you can walk in and they'll take care of you. So I'm like, okay, that sounds good. Like, you know, I picked up the phone. The guy didn't speak English. So I just, I just went there. So I get there and it's exactly as it was described. There's like, no, this is not really a cash and carry place, but they got tanks and they got, they must've had a hundred tanks in there, all kinds of shellfish, all kinds of shit. But, and, um, someone had mentioned that they got a, whatchamacallit, they got a, their specialties are lobster and Dungeness crab. Now I don't know from Dungeness crab. I know Maryland blue crab. I don't know Dungeness, but I've heard about it before, but I never tried it. So I'm like, all right, well, it's their specialty. So, I'll give it a shot. So I got one lobster and one Dungeness crab. I think the lobster, um, this place is a little cheaper, I think. this. I think it was like $7.50 a pound for the lobster, but that's because it's like a, I guess it's because it's whole, whole um, wholesale, but I don't know. It was it was fine. It's not really, a, not too convenient to get to, but whatever, it was fine. Anyway, so the guy he takes, he takes them, puts them in a, a bag, gives them to me, and boy, is that an interesting experience. You're on the subway and he you got your shopping bag next year and it's moving <laughs> it's fucked up but whatever i was excited so i get home and um you yeah, know i put the bag in the in the fridge and then i go on the internet and i'm you know researching more about this Dungeness crab and it's uh it's like a fucked up it's a weird creature first of all they're all on and this is something else i don't understand they're, they they, they, got, they got to get them from the west coast it's either washington state or oregon state they're they're water they're pacific pacific so and that just makes no sense to me like why would you if something's popular and there's demand then there's certainly demand although there's restaurants serving it here there's people buying it it's like why wouldn't you just there's got to be a way to just farm these fucking things they're roaches you know it's like can't you just get like a big thing of water make it the right temperature, put the right amount of salt in it, whatever it is, you know, how selective could their diet be? You, you put a bunch of fucking garbage in there, they'll eat it. And then you got the same thing and it's right here. You know, I don't understand why they don't do that with the farming. I, I, I understand they do it for other things. I know they do it for a lot of fish fish, regular fishy fish. Why they don't do it for these things, I don't know. Whatever, I got the thing. So I'm reading about them. Um, so you know I want to research what's the best way to cook it and uh you know whatever else so you know they you know there's a few there's a bunch of ways you could do it but it seems like just boiling it is the easiest way so okay fine I'll just boil it at least for the first shot I know how to do that no biggie then I'm reading about them turns out you can't buy females you can only buy the male um because of I guess it's hard to keep them alive which I would suppose would be another reason for wanting to farm them, but what do I know? Anyway, so so you, you, when you buy one, it's got to be a male. And then I'm reading I'm reading how to cook, uh, cook them, how to, how to open them and clean out all the meat and everything. It turns out these are the, these are meaty crabs. They got like a lot more meat in them. First of all, they, there's restrictions on the size, so you can't even buy one less than two pounds, and it's going to be a male. So they're typically like two and a half pounds on average. The one I got, he was a big fucker. And, uh, so I'm reading about them, and I go to the Wikipedia page, and I'm like, well, "Let me find out more about these things." I just gotta, I gotta read everything before I eat the fucking thing. I don't know what, whatever it is. So mature fee, listen to this: mature female Dungeness crabs generally molt between May and August, and mating occurs immediately after the female has molted and before the new exoskeleton hardens. Males are attracted to potential mates by pheromones present in the urine of the females. Upon locating an available female, the male initiates a protective pre-mating embrace that lasts for several days. In this embrace, the female is tucked underneath the male, oriented such that their abdomens touch each other and their heads face each other. So they stay like that for several days. That doesn't seem very practical. I don't know what their predators are, but, I mean, this is prime time, right? Whatever, anyway. Mating occurs only after the female has molted, and the female signals her readiness to molt by urinating on or near the antenna of the male. That's some freaky shit. And if you look at these things, God, you Google a Dungeness crab, do a Google image search, they're fucking... And that brings me to so. Here's what happens next. So I've done all my reading. Figured out how to do it. You know the the, the you boiler, how long you boil it for, uh, how to get the meat out of it. And like I said, there's tons of meat. So this is I'm I'm excited about this because uh, not only is there a ton of meat, the the yield, the percent of the percentage of the of the of the weight. So you're you're paying for two and a half pounds. Obviously, you're not getting two and a half pounds of meat, but um, the yield in the Dungeness Crab is like 25 to 30 percent meat, which is Pretty good. That's that's more than lobster, you know. So so you know it's like a you know I'm I'm, I'm excited. So so here's where the fucking nightmare begins. Like I said, I got I, I I done it with lobster, no problem. You know, do I feel a little bad for it? Hmm. No, not really. <laughs> it's a fucking roach. But um. So you know I'm, I'm familiar with the process. This is it's really nothing new. I'm just putting a different animal. In a pot of boiling water. So here's where the story uh, needs to start. Remember this fact, because it will come up later. I do not cook on a conventional oven, and by conventional oven I would mean either gas or electric or uh, well, I don't know what else there is. But I don't. I, I I don't. I I have a stove, and the reason I don't use it is because it's an electric stove which is ridiculously expensive to operate and otherwise just shitty compared to gas. And that is why I bought myself an induction cooktop. Induction cooktops are uh, rather unique in that they, you know, most things, whatever it is, if it's gas, you get a flame. The flame makes your pot hot. Same thing with electric. There's a coil, it heats up, makes it hot. Induction cooktops do not generate any heat at all in order to... In this case, boil boil your water. What they do is they use um, electromagnetics. So it's not not microwave, but literally an electromagnetic. Um, I don't know. Uh, whatever, fucking magnets, right? So, uh, so first of all, that means when you when you use a pot, it has to be um, uh, it has to be uh, magnetic, I guess. So um you know like stainless steel works you got to basically when you're shopping for the pot but you got to put a magnet in your back pocket and you stick the you put the magnet on and the magnet sticks to it it'll work with induction if the magnet doesn't stick it won't no big deal all right anyway so the thing about the induction like i said it doesn't generate heat and it's like a standalone electric unit you can buy them pre-built into the homes at this point but you know mine's like a little little you know one pot dealy you know So just remember that for a second. It doesn't generate heat, right? Okay. But, oh, but big selling point on this. So given uh, X amount of water that takes you 10 minutes to bring to a boil, like on a gas, let's say you got a gas uh, cooked up. If it takes you 10 minutes to bring X amount of water to a boil, that same amount of water will boil in like six and a half, seven minutes on induction. It's like, it's super fast. Very very efficient, very cool technology. Anyway, so I go, I you know, I take out the pot, take out the uh, the pot, water, salt, bay leaves. I throw in a little uh, old bay seasoning, squeeze a lemon, put it up on, and uh, wait for it to boil. All right, water's boiling. Now it's time to get the crab and put it in the pot. So I go into the fridge, I take out the bag. There's the the lobster and the crab in the bag now. I knew I had to do the crab first, because I read on the internet that when you buy a Dungeness crab, you really, really, really should eat it the same day. Whereas a lobster, you can probably safely put in the fridge for like two or three days. I would not do three days. I probably wouldn't do two, but they're saying you got to eat the dungeon. You got to eat the crab on the when you buy it. Okay, so all right. So I opened the bag, and this. This fucker, he's looking at me, and he's got a, a face, and he's mad. He's fucking angry, and all the legs are going all over the place. I fucking freaked out. Like I said, it's the same thing. The lobsters—they're—they're they're not happy either, and you know their 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 pincers are taped up, or they're not taped. They got the rubber band around the thing, so like I'm not afraid he's gonna pinch me or anything like that. Although these things could fucking break your finger if if, if somehow the but whatever. But I just got freaked out and I just, I just wrapped the bag, threw it back in and kind of walked away for a minute. I'm just like, whoa, that was fucked up. So I I was a little bit spooked. So I'm just like, yeah, let me watch another YouTube video. What's the best way to handle these fucking things? So I I watched on the thing, you know, you put your, your fingers on the underside and then your thumb on the top and you just, you know, kind of. Pick them up and drop them in the pot. Okay. Feel a little better now. I go back in to the refrigerator. I open up the bag and... Gah! Fucking... I'm really fucking freaked out, you know? I have a phobia of Dungeness Crab. I mean, it's it's a real thing. It like... It fucking paralyzed me. Well, not paralyzed. just made me want... I, I literally run away. Like it's it's literally not just like, close the refrigerator door. It's like close the door and run away. That's that's what's going on over here. And it doesn't make any sense. A lobster is a nasty sea roach with legs and arms flying everywhere. I don't give a fuck. I picked that fucking thing up. I even taunted it a little bit before I throw it in the fucking thing, in the water. I also put I put one I put one on the floor, see if my cats would play with it, and. They just, I don't know, I think my cats are kind of dumb. They just didn't realize it was alive, I think. I don't know. Anyway, so this crab is really freaking me out. I don't know what it is about it. It's got so many, the, these huge legs, which are filled with delicious meat. They're all going crazy all over the place, and they're fucking big. And... uh Even thinking about it now, I'm getting skeeved out. Right? So I try again. Same thing happens. So, you know, the water's been boiling for like 20 minutes now. I And I every time I go into the fridge and I'm wearing gloves, first I, first I put gloves on. Then I put gloves on and then I put like newspapers in the gloves. I don't know what the fuck that's going to do. Uh, but I guess, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe when I put my hand in to grab it, I can't actually see my hand. This is the fucking insanity i'm going through with this this fucking thing so it's 20 minutes still can't do it i decide all right listen i gotta get this thing out because even even if i were, you know and as much as i'm freaked out by this fucking thing it's like i knew i gotta get it out of there because the lobster's in there too and I'm sure as hell not throwing that shit away. I am not throwing that away. Hell no. So I gotta get it out. I have a drink. Figure calm down, calm my nerves a little bit, just sit down and relax. So I have a drink. And then I just said, I I don't know. I I I I, I got myself to the point where I'm just like, you're going in there, you're opening the draw, you're opening the bag, you're grabbing the fucking thing. And, uh, and I just saw somebody say, I tried the tongs. They, it, 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 I tried it and my hand's shaking because I'm fucking freaked out. And then it, it, it slipped out of the tongs. So forget that. Forget that. God forbid I fucking dropped the thing on the floor. Now I got this thing fucking walking around my apartment. What the, what the fuck am I going to do? <sighs> so, okay. So 25 minutes. Finally, it's, I, I got myself psyched out. I think the drink really helped. I open it, grab it. You know, I already opened the the lid on the pot, you know, because I'm not I'm not very dexterous at this point. I'm fucking shaking and I'm I'm a fucking mess. I get in there, grab it, and it's it's literally like three feet from from the not even three feet. It's the 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 the, 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 the stove is right next to the, the fucking refrigerator. So I grab it, drop it in the water. Take the pot cover, put it on, and I'm like, thank God, it's over. I finally got it in there. It's in there for five seconds when my induction cooktop starts beeping like crazy at me. I'm like, what the? I've never heard it do this before. It's got this thing. It says E2, E2, E2. I'm like, what the fuck is E2? This thing's never beeped at me before. It gets things hot. I shut it off. It's done. I'm like, well, I now I gotta take the fucking I, I take the pot off. And then I fucking just open up the the fucking the, 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 the lid a little bit to look and the thing's fucking writhing around in the water. I'm like, oh my God, it's a fucking disaster. It's a catastrophe. So I quickly go on the internet, pull up the manual. It's, it's E2 it means it you got the you got the cooktop too hot. Keep in mind it's an induction cooktop. It does not get hot. To get your pot hot, it uses fucking magnets. But if you apparently, if you leave a pot of boiling water on there for a half an hour, it's gonna get it hot, and it did. So now I'm get I'm I'm taking ice packs out of the fridge. I I can hear the fucking thing last you know thrashing around in the water. That's not helping anything. And then I finally get it cool enough. I poured out some of the water again. Not fun because now I got this big fucking pot. I'm, I'm pouring hot water out and Thing was kind of not moving anymore at that point, so I did my best. I put it back on and finally got the boiling. And now I'm like, and it fucks up the whole timing, because I went on the internet and I found out how long you're supposed to boil a fucking thing based on its weight. Now it now it's been sitting in hot water that's not quite boiling but pretty hot. I don't know how long because I'm in a state of fucking panic and fucking freak out. But you know i don't know i i i just kind of guessed i don't know i i don't i don't even know what i was thinking i was in such a state what a what a what, and you know it's it, it's not controllable this is that i never it's not like how would you even know how would i even know that i'm afraid that i have a a, a a severe phobia of dungeness crab how would how would you know how would anyone know such a thing i've eaten other crabs That's fine. I see them at the market. They look okay. A little small right now. Maybe I'll get some later in the season. But then finally, you know, I I decide it's enough time. I take it out. It looks like the right kind of color, and so I. And then, you know, not really sure it's dead. I mean, how sure can you be? But I got it out of the. I, I used two tongs to get it out of the water, and then I just. I put it in um in an ice bath, you know, to just stop the cooking. So I had the ice bath ready. I put it in the ice bath, and I'm just kind of like poking it, making sure it's not going to move anymore. So that goes on for a minute or so. And then I'm like, all right, I'm ready. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat the fucking thing. And even then, even when it's I know it's dead, I'm pretty sure it's cooked enough. Thing's still freaking me out because that fu- it's got this ooh oh. And I forgot to tell you this. While I'm doing the research on the thing, I come across a news story, how I think Washington had to stop their Dungeness crab harvesting season three days before you know this day when I'm cooking the fucking thing. I'm like, why would they stop the season? This is prime time, middle of the you know beginning of the summer. Turns out that they they had to stop the harvesting because there's some sort of there's some sort of uh, contaminant that comes into the water and then the shrimp eat it and then the crabs eat the shrimp so this is yet another reason why these fucking things should be farmed but that's that's another story so they had to stop the harvest I'm like so what does that mean for me I just bought this thing it couldn't be that old you know it's probably right in the time where they figured the shit out so I'm reading, and it says it affects Washington state, but not Oregon. Okay, so, I, so I, was, uh, well, I could call up the Chinese guy and ask him a question he doesn't understand. Not that he would fucking know what state it comes from. Maybe what? Who fucking knows? So I don't know. And it says it only affects... It, it doesn't affect the consumer if they just eat the meat. But if you eat the... Um, I don't know what they call it. The, the mustard, which is the hepatopancreas, which I was so excited for. I mean, this is... A, I love... I, I love that the, the hepatopancreas is basically it's in the it's in, crawfish, it's in it's in all shellfish Well, not all it's in a lot of shellfish and basically what it is is it performs the functions that in a human it it, it in a human it would be like the pancreas and the liver combined and it looks nasty but it's delicious and I was told that the, the, the from the internet that the 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 size of the mustard or the hepatopancreas in the dungeness crab is huge so I'm really excited for this, you know, because that's like my favorite fucking thing. I love it in the lobster. I love it in everything. It's delicious. And now they're saying, that, well, you, you, you know, it doesn't matter if you eat the meat, but if you eat the hepatopancreas of the Dungeness, you could get um, uh, nerve, nerve poisoning or you could die. I'm like, oh, what the fuck, man? This is my luck. This fucking crab. It's causing me a major amount of agita. Anyway, finally I cracked the thing open and it it's it's very good. It's delicious. A lot of meat. It's very, very good. And then I'm looking at the I'm looking at the mustard and I'm like, oh my God. If I eat that I could die. But I didn't pay for this thing and I did go through hell and back to cook it. So I'm going to just try it. So I take a, I take my little spoon, I eat a little bit of it, and it's it's delicious. It's so good. So I'm just like, you know what? If this fucking crab kills me, so be it. I'm fucking, I'm eating it. I ate the whole fucking thing. It, it was great. I ate every bit of meat on that crab, and then I fucking I chucked it. And that will be the last time that I ever, buy a Dungeness crab because that was fucking terrifying. It was one of the worst experiences of my life. It was, what a weird thing to just find out one day that you're afraid of something that you've never heard of before. And it's an, an, an intense, an intense, just flight triggering, fucked up, just terror. Absolutely terrified. Other than that, um, I found a couple places. This Chinatown great. I, I love shopping now. I go there. They got the king crab. You can get those for eight dollars a pound. That's pretty good. I like those. A lot, lot of good, good meat yield in those. Very good. Doesn't skeeve me out because you know it's just the you know you can't buy them live. Actually, when they catch them in Alaska, they actually cook them instantly as soon as they catch them right on the boat, and then as soon as they're cooked, they instantly uh, they freeze them. So that's great, because everyone's pretty much got the same product. You just you just shop by size and price, and then all you got to do is steam them. So that's been going good. I like those guys, and then I found an excellent price on crawfish. I think it was like two eighty a pound. And someone, a friend of mine, gave me some crawfish. Mix. So so all in all, things are going well. Um, I just wanted to give you all an update on uh what I've been eating. Okay, enough of this nonsense, let's start the show. By the way, now this is a, uh, I promise I'll get off this. I've been buying more shrimp lately too. And boiling them is frankly kind of boring. It's okay. It works, whatever. If you have any recipes for shrimp, I would really like to try them. So if you do have recipes for shrimp or any other shellfish really, except Dungeness crab, uh, I, please send them to me. I'd love to try them. Uh, my email address is clickbangradio at gmail.com. Cheers. So let's talk about these. There's three companies now. They got these small, I don't know if the Inokin's out yet. I assume it is, but I never really looked into it. I, I looked at the, uh, the Kanger Subox and the Joy Evic VT. VT stands for uh, variable temperature, right? So I've been looking at these things, and I decided to pull the trigger. Actually, D- Dimitri was uh, kind enough to send me one. He sent me a brand new one that he had because I was asking about it. So thank you for that, Dimitri. He sent me the white one, which is absolutely gorgeous. And then I was talking to Kevin. I met uh, Kevin and Dino for uh, lunch over the weekend. And a couple of days before, um, I asked Kevin if... Uh, if a store had any in stock, and and they did, so I'm like, oh, okay, get me one, and I'll pay for it when I see you for lunch, so I got these fucking things, right, so, well, first, I had the Kangar, the the Subox, so, you know, I take it out of the box, and it's a nice package, you got this really just beautiful-looking battery, I mean, they're both nice, in my opinion, the white with the matching tank, I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. And uh, so I, you know, I eagerly take it out, put it together. No big, you know, it's already, it's got a, it's interesting. It comes with a couple of coils. It comes with like a 0.5 coil and a 1.5 coil. And you can um, make the air hole quite small if you're using the 1.5, if you want to do a mouth-to-lung inhale, or if you're just the kind of person that likes a higher, resistance, lower wattage vape, whatever. It's, it's kind of cool that they put both those things and they put, they also include a little RBA thing, you know, so it, it's a, it's a head where you can rebuild it. Uh, it looks a lot like a K-Fun, um, but it's actually a lot easier to build on it. it. It, you know, it nice kit, right? And I think you can probably find deals on it. I don't know. I, I, I don't really know what it costs to be honest with you because I didn't buy it myself, but uh, I, I, I think it's in the $65 range for the kit, which then at that point, all you need is e-liquid and a battery. So hang on one sec. So I fill it up, screw it, you know, put it together, you know, prime the thing like you're supposed to do. Um, Fill it up and uh, boom, I'm vaping it and it's great. It is a great vape. The tank is fantastic the battery's cool as can be it's cool looking real easy to use there's not much going on with it you just you know you got an up and a down you can flip the screen turn it on and off that's that's pretty much all that's going on but you know what else do you need so i'm loving it i'm absolutely loving it and then it stops firing I'm like what what's going on here so i take it off everything looks okay screw it back on not firing Okay, now I'm looking at the thing. Now I know that the new thing for all these tanks these days is they got this real, you know, the the, the center pin barely extends, and you know the sub the, the the subox battery does not have a spring loaded 510, which I didn't really care about because you know that's helpful for when you're using other devices on it that don't you know the different whatever. I figure well it's gonna work with its own tank, and that's all I'm gonna use on this thing because. You know, I'm just going to use it as, a, as the, that's that's going to be the setup. So I didn't care about that, and I didn't pay for it. So what the fuck? But now I'm um, so I'm like, oh, well, let me pull out the pin a little bit. You know, I shouldn't be doing this. I mean, I never heard anybody having this problem before, but well, here I am. So I'm, I'm I I pull out the pin a little bit, right? Then I screw it on, light it up, nothing, zero zero so I I tried it again, but then I, I was screwing it down real slow. So I didn't screw it down all the way. And then at a certain like magical point where it's like really close to the bottom, but not all the way to the bottom, it reads and it fires. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of shitty, but whatever it's working now. So I'm using it. And then every now and then it kind of sucks. It's, all of a sudden, I go to take a hit and nothing happens, and it's flashing zero zero. Then I got to pull the pin and do this, the unscrew and screw dance, you know. So that, that that that's a bummer for sure. It was definitely the, uh, it's definitely the tank. It's not the battery because I, I put the tank on other devices and nothing reads it, nothing fires it. So, you know, something wrong with it. So that was a bummer. So that and I figure, well, the battery's fine. The battery works. So I'll just use the battery on other stuff. And I did. And it's good. Very good. Very nice. But every time I picked it up, because it's like when the whole thing is together and matching, it just looks like, yeah, man, look at that. That's nice. And when I would take it out with me, you know, people are used to seeing me vaping. You know, my friends, they all were like, what's that? That looks cool. And these are non-vapers. None of them are vapors, you know. I'm not friends with vapors cuz vapors are slimy gross assholes. But uh everyone's like, "Wow, what is that?" And one of my friends even said, "I didn't even I didn't even ask him a question. He's just like he's like, "Wow, that thing looks cool. What how much does that cost?" Like 300 bucks. I didn't ask him, you know, how much do you think this costs? No. He thought the thing he he thought it looked like it cost $300. Well, Talk about vaping like a sir, right? Uh, Mr. Fancy Pants. So I'm loving it. Except for the screw and unscrew dance with the fucking pin. Eventually, it just, i no matter, I, I pull the pin, I screw, I unscrew. Now, it won't read at all. Period. At this point, it doesn't read. Doesn't read, doesn't work. Now, when I saw uh, uh, Kevin, Cisco, and Dino over the weekend, Dino took a look at it, and he's like, This is, this has to be the, this is how you fix it. And he's like, you got to sand it down a little bit. So do this through the, the, I'm sure what he told me would work and I would have done it. But on the same day, I got the new toy. I got the EVIC, the EVIC uh, VT. So I'm not going to fix a broken thing. I'm going to use a new thing, right? So, um, oh, last thing, last thing on the, um, well, not the last thing. I want to do some comparisons of the two things after I talk about the, the, the joy a little bit, the, the EVIC, but what I found today up until today, as far as I knew you could not buy the tank, the, you know, the white tank or the, or the black tank that matches the, the black and the white sub box, you could not buy them a la carte. But now you can. And I actually found a website that, um, uh, I think they're selling the tank. So the tank with the two coils and the rebuildable deck. By the way, none of the coils would work. So I I tried everything, trust me guys. Anyway, so this site, um, which is, and I wish I could talk about it. I wish I could talk about the rebuildable part because that to me is such an awesome option to have that if you want, you can buy coils from Kanger or if you want, you can build your own coil. And that's just great because I don't really want to buy their coils, to be honest with you. I'm very happy to just, I I tried building on it. You know, I used the coil they had that wouldn't work. So I'll try to build my own. I'll build like a one Ohm coil or something. It just doesn't work. So I can tell you it's easy to build on, I can't tell you how good it works, although people say it's great. And it's a great option, and I, and I wish I wish I could tell you more about it. But here's what I found today. I found a a, um, a vendor. They got the Subtech Mini with all the, the coils and everything without the battery for $38. But then there's a discount code for $10 off, so it's $28, which, well, that's what it is. So here it is. There's the site. And there's the discount code. I got nothing to do with these people. I found it on Reddit. Uh, $10 off. Eh, sounds good to me. So I got one. So I got one of those. And it'll come eventually. And then on, and then maybe next week, I'll if it comes in time, I'll, I'll be able to talk about how all the other things work. Because all I can tell you now is I used the 0.5 coil. Um, I was using it at like around 30, 30, between 30 and 35 watts. And it was just... It was a fantastic vape. It was great until it didn't work. So it is what it is. Um, so now the Joy, the EVIC. So th- th- these two things, they're both, you know, little, fairly high-powered, you know, the the, the, the K-Box. The K- how high does it go? I think it goes to 50. Hold on, I got the thing right here. Let me just wrap it up here. Yeah, 50. Goes to 50. All right, goes to 50, and I think it fires down to uh, 0.3. Yeah, I don't think it goes lower than that, but I don't care about that. I don't build that low. So anyway, so I got the Joy. I got the EVIC over here. Now, this thing, this is interesting. This thing has a lot of technology in it. Now, first of all, before we get to that, um, this is both a pro and a con for the EVIC is the finish, it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, I got the, um, and what I, you know, they got a, they got a white one, which looks eh, they got a yellow one or an orange one. And that thing looks stunning. That is a beautiful, beautiful setup. And then the black one, which looks nice also. Uh, but the, the orange is stunning. Kevin only had the, I, now if, if I, if Kevin said, what do you want? I would, I would ask for the orange. He only had black, and I'm glad he only had black because now I'm realizing because, well, I want to try this with other stuff. Sure, the orange with the orange uh, tank on it looks like the bee's knees, but you start putting other stuff on an orange thing, then it, it kind of looks weird. You can put anything on something black. So, um, you know, you might have other black RDAs that look good on this. You got a silver RDA looks good on this. I uh, got black drip tips. That's So it, it still looks very nice. So I would um I would I for any of you tempted to buy the orange, um, think twice, uh, the black is probably the best choice if you are going to be using it with other things, which I have a feeling. a lot of people will because um the tank is uh, it's very different. So first of all, Okay, so let's just get back to the thing. So, so here's again, I'm all over the place. Here's a plus and a minus: is that the the, the finish, the painted finish on it, is absolutely gorgeous, really, really slick looking thing, right? Nice, very, very nice. Um, that said, you're it it you gotta constantly wipe the thing down. It comes with this plastic sleeve thing, but I'm not putting that on. This is just that's retarded. So you constantly have to wipe it because it's not just so much the fingerprints; It's just that, you know, your hands are naturally oily and um, the oils from your hand really get on it and it's visible and it's a little, you know, I just can't, I have to, I have to polish it. I can't like just leave it all like yucky, you know? Uh, no, no problem with the K box on that. It's like a ceramic finish and it doesn't attract any kind of fingerprints or anything like that. It's just always stays the same. The only part that, you know, gets, uh, has that problem is the screen. What are you going to do about that? So again, it's a plus and a minus. Hey, maybe you have really dry hands and you won't have this problem, but my hands are, you know, fairly normal to slightly oily and, you know, it kind of gunks up the thing pretty quickly everywhere too. I mean, everywhere from the, the metal to the, to the fire button, to the screen. I mean, you, you can't get away from it. So if you're kind of OCD about that, you're going to be wiping this thing down a lot. Anyway, next thing is the, the weight. It is, I mean, it is a fucking really solid. It just, it's, it's a, I wouldn't say it's heavy because I, I, I'm sure I've had heavier mods than this, but for the size, I mean, it's, um it's dense. It's massive um uh, I don't know how to say it but it, it it's a good solid weight in your hand I was kind of wondering what the hell was in this saw a video this uh this is uh what call it um uh, this Russian guy Russian or something, he was something I couldn't understand he took it apart and the thing there's really nothing in there except the battery there's the battery there's the charge board and then and the 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 layout is extremely elegant. I mean, it is, uh, there's literally almost nothing in it except the battery. The battery has got to be 90 plus percent. It's got to be 95% of the guts. Uh, and it's a big battery. There is some, uh, you know, for people with too much time on their hands, they're debating on how large the battery is in terms of milliamp hours. It's it's 5,000 milliamp hours. Don't worry about it. It'll last you all day. Um, So... Uh, so there's that. And then, you know, I didn't know this. I mean, I knew it was. I just, I never really looked much into the device. Kevin was just telling me that it's really great. And now that, you know, my, my Subox, my beautiful subbox setup is down, I figure, well, I don't know. Thing looks great. I'll try it out. So I didn't really look into it. And it's a temperature control device. Now, this is. Temperature control is something that I just completely ignored. I mean, obviously, it's been around for a while now um, since I I guess the first or I'm pretty sure the first chip to have it was the Evolve DNA 40. And, you know, people showed they're like, yeah, you got to use nickel wire on it. And then I'm just like, I don't need this. Why do I want this? I, I just I didn't understand why it would be a good thing. But now I now all of a sudden I got this box and it's a temperature control device, and I didn't even think about it. But the the tank that it comes with has temperature uh, control coils on it. It comes with a nickel point two ohm and a titanium point five or point uh, four maybe. I think a point four ohm. Which if you had told me. At any time, really, like, a, a, forget about a year ago. If you had told me a month ago that there was going to be a product, well, maybe not a month ago. If you told me six months ago that there was going to be a product, there was going to be a, you know, a battery in a tank, and it shipped with a 0.2-ohm coil in it, I would have said, you're out of your fucking mind. I mean, I, I, I can remember that there, there was a day you could not buy you could not buy anything less than 2.5 ohms in an atomizer. And today, we got Chinese manufacturers shipping product with 0.2 ohm coils. Uh, that's just kind of blows my mind a little bit. So, okay, we're sitting here at lunch. I'm excited. Um, you know, it's as easy as any other tank. You fill it up, screw it on, and, and start vaping. And so now I'm looking at this thing and now I got it. Now it's temperature. So that literally means nothing to me. I mean, well, I I know watts. I know volts. I don't know degrees. So what the hell do I set it? So I said, Kevin, what do you set it on? And he's like, you got the nickel one that comes in. He said, I said, yeah. He said, that's good at, that's good at like 500. So I'm like, I don't know. That sounds like a lot. Let me put it at 400. Let's see how that is. So it's uh, 400, okay. It's a little weak. So I, I keep bumping it up, bumping up, bumping up. And I get to like 490, 500 and the thing the thing fucking chucks some vapor. I mean, it it is uh it's a it's it's a cloud machine. I mean, it really is. Now, at the time, I was using some liquid that Kevin uh let me try, which is uh, uh I don't know what it is. It's a lime something. I forgot the company. Virgin Vapor maybe, or, or, or Pinup Vapor. Oh, I think it's Pinup Vapor. I think. I, I actually, I have no fucking idea. But it's lime, and it was really good. But you know, I put it in, and I just was not familiar with the liquid. And so I'm vaping on it, and I'm noticing that I'm getting very little flavor on the inhale but getting very good flavor on the exhale. And I thought it was just the liquid that, you know, I'm just not used to this liquid. Maybe that's the way it vapes. I who knows? But um, then when I, you know, when I got home and I would finished that tank the next day, I, you know, I tried an, a, a liquid I'm familiar with, and it was doing the same thing, which um, is not typical. So the flavor on the tank so far is a little bit on the weak side. Little, little weak sauce. But the experience is, it's interesting. It is a very, very interesting vape. I can't even tell you if I really even like it or not. It's just so different. And I didn't expect, now I don't know if this is a function of temperature control. Cause again, this is the first time I've ever looked into it or tried it or anything. Yeah, this is the first time I even tried it. So I don't know if this is true for all temperature control builds that it's less flavorful or whatever. Um, Or if it's just a function of the tank, I have a function, I have a feeling it's a function of the tank. And um, you know, I meant to, 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 I meant to try the titanium coil today and I haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, Maybe I'll talk about that next week. Um, But it's interesting. It's even though the flavor is a little bit muted, I found it really enjoyable still. Um, despite the fact that I'm running it at 500 degree 500 degrees, which I mean, it's just a number. It doesn't really mean anything. It just sounds like a lot. I mean, I know when I get my induction cooktop to 450, the thing shuts off. So I don't know. 500 sounds like a lot, but I don't know. I find it very pleasant. I find it, um, I find it something that I'm going to in the morning a lot because I don't want really any kind of a a hot vape first thing in the morning, you know. Um so that it's it's nice, it's cool. Um it's interesting. Um I'm interested enough to want to try other temperature control things. Now okay, so 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 the, the for me, the verdict on this temperature control granted maybe some of you are in the same boat as i was as just you know i've you've ignored the technology completely because you didn't get it and didn't see the point of it um i at this point i still don't think i get it (laughs) you know i i don't think i fully understand it but i'm interested it's different um i like it so we'll see now so there are there's a lot of there's a lot of technology and a lot of options going on with this. Like I said, the Kanger, pretty bare bones, on off, up down, flip the screen upside down if you want. Uh, that's pretty much it. This thing has a ton of shit going on it. So first of all, um, you have three choices on how to use this. You could use it um, just as standard variable outage. So if you're using canthol or, or, or what, whatever, yeah, so you're using a canthol build, for example, which is what most people do on stuff. You build it, you set the wattage, it goes up to 60 watts, and uh, you're good to go. If you're using um, nickel or titanium, it has a setting so that if you're using nickel, you, you use temperature-controlled nickel. Using titanium, it's got a setting for that. Then it's got this really weird setting. Which is extremely confusing to, they, they don't explain it well. Um, and I had to go like digging around to figure out what the fuck is the setting. Because like, it's got the, te- so okay, so you set it for, let's say you set it for 500 degrees, right? Then right under it, there's another setting for the wattage. And that made no sense to me at all because, wait a minute, why am I having to set wattage? I set the temperature. You're supposed to take care of the wattage for me. You're supposed to make all the magic happen so that the temperature stays completely even. Why do I have to set a wattage? And you can set the wattage anywhere between 30 and 60 watts. So I don't understand this at all. It makes no sense. So then I did a little bit of digging. It turns out what that setting actually means is that because... Um, nickel, and I think to a lesser extent titanium, they heat up rather slowly what this box does for you. And as far as I know, the DNA does this also. I'm sure it does. Um, It's going to blast the coil with whatever you set, anywhere between 30 and 60 watts to bring up the temperature very quickly to your desired amount and then it just uses the amount of wattage needed to maintain that temperature. So that's what that setting means. I don't really understand why this even needs to be something that's user settable. I don't know why, I I would think that on a device like this where you have a profile, where the, the device itself has a profile for nickel, and a profile for titanium, well, I don't know. Why, why don't you you just do it? I mean, as far as I know, the, the DNA doesn't have an option. It just does what is the best thing. You blast it with something, and that's what it is. I don't know. It, it probably is. I mean, the DNA 200, from what I've heard, you can fine-tune it to the nth degree, so I'm sure that that thing probably does have that option. But um, it's just uh, it's not well... It's not well... Uh, described in the manual, I found it very confusing. And I still don't know what to put it at. I mean, I tried it at 30. I tried it at, at 60. I, I, I could not figure out what's better, what's the difference. So I just split the difference. I put it at like uh, like 40, I think. I just put it at 40, whatever. Then there's some, there's other things that are confusing about this. Now, what you're supposed to do when you put the coil in you know, before you use it, when it's at room temperature, you're supposed to go into the settings and lock in the resistance. Again, this is weird. I, I don't know why I have to do that. I would think the device should just... I, I don't know why I have to do that. And and, and you, you don't have to do it on Canthal. It's just for the nickel and the titanium. And you're not forced to do it. But everyone says you're supposed to do it. Why? I don't know. But they say you lock, you're lock you supposed to lock it. So, like an idiot, I, I lock it. I, whatever. I, whatever that is for. I, I don't know. I guess it's so that if you... I don't know why. It I, I it really doesn't make sense to me. I really don't understand why you have to lock the thing. It makes... Uh, I, I don't get it. But you do. Well, you don't have to. But people say you're supposed to do it, so I do it. Whatever. It's not a big deal. Um... Uh, did i mention the display is gorgeous it is i'm just looking at the thing now it's a beautiful o- o- uh, led and then you got your battery life and um there's a, a couple of you know you can mute the screen so that if you don't want the thing to flash when you're vaping you can mute it and you can lock the uh, adjustment ah let's talk about that so there's uh, only one button on this and that is a fire button to make things go up and down and go through the menu system and change stuff you use this toggle which is a left and you know it's it's a it's a thing that's on top where you push it left and right. Not crazy about that. Um, on the one hand, I like less things. I am uh, I've always been a fan of single button user interfaces when they're intelligently done. But I could see on this kind of a device where that's just going to get a little bit crazy. So I understand you need an up and a down of some sort. Um, I don't like it not because it's not easy to use because it is. I don't like it because it's a moving part and moving parts fail. Moving parts are bad in electronics. Always nothing good can come from a moving part. It will break. So that's not great. And uh, I'd love to be proven wrong, but honestly it's not the most, it's the least solid thing on this device. It is uh It's kind of chintzy. Not a big fan. But in terms of adjusting things, it serves its purpose. So, um, yeah, so I used the tank quite a bit. Um, Still using the tank every day, primarily in the morning. And um, I enjoy it. Uh, It is is different. And uh, uh, so, okay, so here's another confusing thing. So, naturally... I got the thing. I'm interested. So I want to find out, all right, well, how much do these replacement coils cost? What's going on with that? So I'm over here on the uh, on the EVIC page here. So they got, and this, you know, it's just more confusion for this thing. So here's the EVIC VT page, right? I'm looking at it. They got a couple of videos. And watch those. And then they got these Evic VT spare parts. Okay, there's the battery. There's the Ego Mega um, VT atomizer that it comes with. Pardon me. Then we got the uh, the heads. Right, you got the CLTI, which is the titanium, and the CLNI head, and they're color coded, which is nice. So, okay. So I'm looking online. They're the, the 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 prices, as far as I can tell, are pretty much what you'd expect. I think it's like twenty bucks or five of them. You can find them or whatever. And then they got the CLR-TI hat. Now that's the CLR. So they got a rebuildable. So this is great because this is pretty much exactly what I'm looking for. Um, because uh, the um, the coils that come with it. I think the reason why the flavor is a bit weak is that the air holes that they have that they look very small to me. Uh like when I look at the the aspire head that I have or the kanger head, they got these big you know where the cotton pushes up against the metal and they got a hole there so the liquid can hit the cotton. Uh the holes are pretty big. The holes are pretty small on these on these things. So so they got the CLR-TI head. So uh See, I'm looking at the picture of it here. And it's hard to tell how big the, I don't even know, how the, how the hell does the liquid get in there? Oh, they got a value control. Look at this, liquid value control. What a horrible way to name something. But okay, so it's adjustable. That's what I thought. So this thing, I'm, I'm thinking, this is great. Now I can build my own. And, you know, ostensibly of this liquid valve control, I think is what they were looking for. If their liquid value control uh, can be opened up enough, then this would be great. But I can't fucking find anywhere to buy the thing. So there's that. Uh, I would really like to get one of those. I mean, that sounds great. I mean, it's the same concept as with the uh, with the Kanger, except the Kanger includes it. I mean, obviously, the Kanger does no temperature control capability at all. But, you know, it really would have been nice, Joy, if you had put one of those heads in or if they, or if it was an option. You know, if you get, you know, if uh, if you had a kit that had the two pre built heads, maybe you got a kit that's got a rebuildable head. I don't know. It's, I don't like going to buy something else when they should have just put it in. Whatever. So you got that. And then uh, and then it gets more, and then it's a little confusing here because then now they got this Delta II atomizer, which I have absolutely no interest in because it's ugly. And I'm not going to use it. And then, but then you got these heads next to it. You got the LVC NI and the LVC TI head. And you know when you click on this thing, it doesn't tell you what this can be used in, unless I'm missing it. Because it looks like it looks like a better head because it's got the adjustment of liquid valve, which um, <laughs> they call it the, the everything. So they show a picture of it going into the big into the Delta II, but it's on the same page as the Evic VT. And the Evic VT, when you buy it, has doesn't come with the Delta II. So I don't know if I could use these heads with it or not. I would assume not. I guess. This is um listen, I'm not saying I keep up with the I don't keep up with the technology like I used to, but I'm not a dummy. All right. Five years I've been vaping here. I know, I know enough. Okay, it shouldn't be that confusing for a veteran vapor to figure out which fucking end is up with this shit. I mean, it's, 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 it's way too confusing. And listen, I'm not opposed to a lot of technology in a product. I think it's really cool, but you gotta fucking explain it to people so they understand it. You got this setting that makes no sense on the thing. No explanation for it. Where, you know, what to buy with these things, what works with it, what doesn't. So it's a beautifully executed product and just a horribly executed, you know, education or, you know, literature that comes. You know, you just, this is not easy to figure out. It shouldn't be this hard. Anyway, so I tried some rebuildables on this thing, just, you know, using a regular, uh, regular Canthal build, and it's great. It's fantastic. It's It's a fucking shit kicker fucking 60 watts i don't use it anywhere near that high. what do i have in here now i got a little dual coil i got a 0.32 setup which is really a little lower than i usually go but that's what it came out to 0.32 i got a 41 and a half volts uh 41 and a half watts it's great it's working great now um uh phil just put out a video today uh about the evic and um he found uh well for uh, two things one very disturbing thing about this device and then uh well the the numbers that he went through the numbers um and what what a great thing he does you know I, I can't even imagine how long he takes to make these videos with all the measurements he does and uh, the pictures and the god bless you Phil uh but so he, so he, he went through all the numbers so like for the variable wattage it's basically dead on. It The only time it doesn't really do what you tell it to is in situations where you'd never want to do that. So if you want to use 60 watts on a 1.2 build, well, you really can't do that, but nobody wants to do that. For all intents and purposes, for the normal range that you're going to be using this on, it's going to do whatever you want it to do um, and very well. Uh, So the, 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 the variable wattage numbers are excellent. Absolutely. They're excellent. And I watched this video on the K box. Uh, The K box is not as good, but it's good enough. K box, pretty good. EVIC, excellent numbers. Excellent, excellent numbers. That said for the, um, the variable temperature side, uh, it's not as good. It's not as good as other temperature control boards that are out there. It is. Um, it appears to be inaccurate, which is not good, but it does also appear to be uh, fairly consistently inaccurate. So better to be better to be doing the same thing wrong by the same amount everywhere. than it's fine here. And it's not fine here. I hope that makes sense. Um, so there's that, but shit. For the price, um, these two things, in in my mind, uh, really cost the same. Obviously, the prices are different. The the EVIC kit, the EVIC full kit is more than the Kanger kit. But please remember, on the EVIC kit, you are getting a 5,000 milliamp hour battery installed. And, you know, it's in there already. Um, the Kanger comes with no battery at all. So that's a big I mean that's a big thing. First of all, you I, I don't know what 18650s are up to these days. I can't imagine they have one even approaching um 5,000 milliamp hours. That 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 just sounds impossible to me at this point. But um whatever, uh it is what it is. It's also smaller. So, you know, you are getting something you know, a huge ass battery in the Kanger that you that you know, you're not getting that you're not getting I'm sorry, in the Evic that you're not getting with the K-box. Um, I don't know what else there is to say about this. What I would really encourage you if you are really interested in those numbers or any of the finer details, Phil's video is absolutely excellent. I'm giving you just my, uh, this is just my personal experience from living with the two products for a little bit. Um, Here's what I'd recommend. Um, Obviously, I'm comparing these two things. Um, which would I recommend you to buy? That's really hard for me to say, because there's one thing, and this is the thing that Phil found that was extremely, um, really, um, discouraging. Now, obviously, you know, I'm just, I've, I'm new to temperature control. The only thing I've tried it with is the tank it comes with the temperature control tank that it comes with. Phil's tried it with everything and he's building, you know, he's building, uh, you know, nickel titanium. He's, he's building all kinds of shit on it. And he says the device has jumped out of temperature control mode on him while using it. Now, why is that a bad thing? Well, it's a bad thing, and it's a very dangerous thing, actually, because let's say you've got the thing set for temperature control, you're vaping away happily, and then it jumps out of temperature control mode, which means it's going to jump into wattage mode. And if you had your last setting at, I don't know, 40 or 50 watts, that's gonna fucking fry a nickel coil, and that's exactly what happened to Phil. It jumped out of temperature control mode. He had it set at a highly, fairly high wattage when he was last using it as variable wattage, and it fried his coil. And um, uh, he said he got a very—I don't know what what he was inhaling. I, I I assume it was just the the coil being vaporized, really. Uh, and he said it was one of the worst things that ever happened to him. Uh, you know, from a vaping perspective, just a disgusting, horrible experience and and probably, you know, not safe at all, really. Um, nothing good about that. So that's a problem. Number two, these things are supposedly no, like the old EVICs used to have all this software and firmware upgradability you could do. Supposedly, they took that out of this thing. So supposedly, you can't upgrade the firmware on the EVICs that are out now. And obviously, you know, at first I thought, well, if it's fine, then it's fine. But guess what? It's not fine. You know, according to Phil, the thing fucking fried a coil on him and you know, jumping out of temperature. That's not a good thing. Just not a good thing. And that is something that could have probably been fixed with firmware. Now it can't. So... I haven't run into that problem yet, but I certainly trust his opinion. I should certainly uh, uh, trust his experience. So the question is, you know, what which one would I buy, or which one would I recommend to somebody to buy? I, as much as I really, I love them both. I've had such good experience with both of these models. Um, I'd have to use so many qualifiers to recommend either. Um, first of all, with the Kanger. I love it. I think it's great. But, you know, the, the the tank I got with it shit the bed. I can't cry about it too much. I didn't pay for it. And that also means I can get, you know, I probably can't. I don't know. I could probably get it, the warranty thing. You know what, though? That's, it's such a pain in the ass. You know, that the, the, the thing is paired to work with the tank. It, that should not happen. And you know what? I've heard from a million people. I've seen everything. I, apparently I'm the only human that had this problem and that might be true. I might be the only one who got the, the, the fucking new in the box, you know, and the head is just fucked up. doesn't work. It's not the head. It's the, it's the tank. It's the whole tank. It's really the base of the tank that's fucked up. The heads were fine. Um, so maybe I am the only person who's had this problem, but guess what? I had the problem. So how can I really recommend this product? I can't. I can only go by my experience. How could I recommend it? I I really can't. And furthermore, I would suspect that Kanger will at some point put these boxes out with a floating center pin, which at this point, floating center pin should be on every box mod. They they just should. There is no reason not to, except cost, of course, but... Yeah, you know, everybody every, you put needs to. It should have a floating center pin on it because I do know that you know a lot of people say well, not everything will fire on the K box, so that's something to consider. If you just want to use it with the tank, shouldn't be an issue. But hey, it was an issue for me, so um, so there's that. Now on this Evic, now if you were going to buy the Evic, and you don't care about temperature control. You can just buy the battery by by itself, and that I can probably at this point um, wholeheartedly endorse. I think you can just get the battery for around sixty bucks, which for what it is is a pretty fantastic deal. I think that's what it is. It's in the vicinity. You could probably get a deal, whatever. So if you're not if you don't care about the temperature control, then I would say go for it. Go for just the battery. Um, as for the full setup, I can't really um, I can't recommend that for two reasons. Number one, it's not that the tank is good or bad; it's just so different. Um, I have never had a vape like this before. So when something's that different, it's not just going to be different for me. It's going to be different. For, it's going to be different for everybody. So how can you recommend something that's that radically different? I would recommend without hesitation, that you try it. Try to find a shop that'll let you try one, or if you got a friend, definitely recommend that you try this tank. But I don't recommend that you just go run out and buy it. And, of course, you can't use this tank on other things that are not temperature control. On top of that, if you are... Now, if you are interested in this thing for the temperature control aspect, um, then I definitely can't... I, I definitely cannot recommend that you buy it now because there's a fucked up bug in it, which apparently you cannot fix with, uh, uh, which you can't fix with firmware, which, uh, come on, guys. It's not like this would be something new for you to do. The whole EVIC thing was based on, you know, software control, which granted was stupid and nobody used. But the firmware upgrade, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, would you buy a cell phone that you can't upgrade the firmware on? You know, when, I mean, this thing's getting to the point where it's complicated enough where there's a lot going on. There could be a problem. Oh, look, there's a major fucking problem. You fucking idiots didn't put the the, the fucking firmware upgrade on it. So now what happens? You know? So I can't really, listen, just based on the overwhelmingly positive feedback that people have had, except me, for the kanger, I I guess I would I guess I could recommend it. I mean it's a. It, I have a hard t- I just have such a hard time because my, my fucking thing didn't work, right? When it was working, it was fantastic. Great vape. Great looks phenomenal. Just in love with the thing. Just loved it. Loved using it. Loved when I go out, putting it on the bar. Looks not I just love it. Love it, love it, love it. The fucking thing broke. The EVIC, I also love it. Um, And frankly, I've been using it a lot more. I just can't recommend something that, that, you know, if you're interested in temperature control, how could you recommend something like this with such a a flagrantly dangerous bug? It's a shame. So anyway, oh, so here's my recommendation. Wait, just wait. Um, I'm sure at some point, well, listen, you buy, you buy the Kanger thing, you're probably going to have a good experience right out of the box and everything's going to be fine. Probably, you know, unless you're me. That said, the thing should have a floating center pin. If I were you, I'd wait. The EVIC, you just want the battery for a good solid 60-watt battery, go for it. If you want to get into temperature control, definitely wait. This is a huge bug that they have in it, and there's no way for you to fix it with firmware, to the best of my knowledge. Okay? So that's the thing. You know, that said, with all the the, the kind of weirdness, I'm still loving the two batteries, still using the two batteries, and still regularly using the battery that came with the, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the tank They came with the EVIC and uh, very much enjoyable morning vape. Fascinating products, both of them, particularly the EVIC. Fascinating product. Um, definitely the highest technology vaping product I've ever had. Um, very, very good, impressive start. Both of them, uh, were a bit of a a stumble, I guess. Ooh, hey now. Uh, By the way, the EVIC is loud when you knock it over. (laughs) So, unless you have been living under a rock the past couple weeks, you have heard about this young lady by the name of Rachel Dolazal. Just in case you haven't, real quick, she is a, a prominent person in the, how do how do I describe her? It's so hard to think think of her anything for anything other than what she's been uh, known for for the past few weeks. Okay, well, she was the president of a local NAACP. Uh, A local NAACP chapter uh, taught women's studies, black studies, uh, um, was on the city government board, you know, for police oversight. Um, Everybody pretty much agreed that she was doing a really great job with everything that she was involved with. You know, the people in the black community or whatever, where she was said that she was great, reinvigorated this NAACP chapter, was doing all kinds of great work and all this stuff. Nobody really had a bad word to say about her. A while ago, she had posted a picture on Instagram with her father. Now, now Rachel, you, you look at her. If you were to look at her and you're not familiar with the story, and someone asks you, "Well, what what race is she? What color is she? What ethnic, whatever you want to call it, right?" You would say, "Well, she looks black, um, maybe mixed race, but she looks black. Looks like a black woman, right?" And that's what she has been telling everybody for the past ten years. She recently tweeted a photo, and I nobody questioned it. I mean, she I don't know, looks black to me. She's as black as Obama, right? So nobody really questioned it because what? Well, why would you? And then she posted a picture with her father, so she said, on Instagram. And there was a reporter who knew the guy. I mean, he's involved in this stuff somehow, too. He knew the guy. And he said to himself, he said, I know this guy. He doesn't have a daughter named Rachel. What is What's going on here? So he looked into it, and then he found, he said, well, Let me look into this Rachel Dolezal, because I know this guy doesn't have a daughter named Rachel. So what's going on? Looked into it and found her parents. And her parents are lily white, white as white can be. So, okay, so what's going on? What, is she adopted or something? No, no, she's not adopted. Oh, look at this. Here's a picture of Rachel when she was a child. And she is blonde hair blue eyes, white as the pure driven snow. I'm talking Hitler youth, white. So he went, there's a lot of people who think that her parents like came out and outed her for lying about being black, which is what she has been telling everybody for the last 10 years, that she is a black woman. So people think her parents like came out of the woodwork to, to out her. That's not what happened. A reporter said you know, contacted them and said, hey, listen, are you this girl's parents? And they said, yes, we are. And he said, is she black? And they said, absolutely not. We are white. We are of European descent with a trace of Native American, which you cannot see at all. Uh, For all intents and purposes, they are, you know, they're white. Waspy as you can get. Uh, I I don't know maybe not waspy they're 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 they are clearly Caucasian. So he gets her on camera for an interview. He's asking her some questions. Um, beginning of the interview has a few softballs. She's comfortable. Then he says. Then he takes out a picture of her father. They're her real father. says Is this your father? And she says yes. She says well, is he African American? And then you just kind of see the life drain out of her face because she knows the gig's up. Uh, I don't know if she knew how big this was going to get, but she knew that her lie was over. Uh, And then he asked her, are you African-American? She said, I don't understand the question, and then just ran away. And this started just the complete fires, the complete, you know. you got. And it's interesting, you got, you got black people who are really mad at her for pretending to be black because essentially what she's been doing is wearing blackface for the last 10 years. Now, she's been asked about this. Uh, she says she hasn't gone through any surgery, but she, you know, goes in the sun as much as she can and uh, um, uses bronzer or whatever. But I mean, you look at her. I mean, she looks black. She absolutely looks black. She absolutely passes. And I have I, not... I, I know black people with lighter skin than hers, you know, so it was deliberate, very deliberate. Um, And for years now, you know, I was talking to Kevin about this. Um, I wanted to do this last week, but I just didn't have the time because, uh, you know, I was doing the uh, diacetyl thing again last week. I just didn't have time for it. So, but, but I was talking to Kevin about it before, you know, just when the story broke is when I was talking to him about it. And at this point, she was still, you know, she hadn't said anything to anyone except that one interview. She hadn't given any other interviews. And I said, Kevin, I can guarantee you when, when, when a lifelong liar, and this is a con, this is a long con is what it is. That's, that's, that's who she is. She is a con artist because she has broken um, the trust of everyone who is ever associated with her by living this lie for nearly a decade. She has violated their trust and their confidence. That is the definition of a con man, in this case a con woman, and it's a long con. And I told Kevin, I said, listen, one of three things is gonna happen, because when a lifelong, you know, most of her life, when when a long conner gets caught, one of three things happens. Number one, suicide. Sometimes that happens. There's so much shame and guilt that, and they just kill themselves. I was not hoping for that, but it's one of the three things that happens. That's number one. Number two, apology, uh, begging for forgiveness. Um, You know, go on Oprah, (laughs) you know, whatever. Um, And then you try to rebuild your life from there. That's, Number two. Number three, you double down and you stick with it. And she has chosen the latter. She has chosen the third option. She has given since this, since this story broke. She insists that she is black when it is so, so clear that it is absolutely impossible that she is. So why is this, now, why is it newsworthy? Because, well, it's not every day that you find out about somebody who's been living as a black person who is really, who is white. It's just not common. So, yeah, it's newsworthy for that. Um, There was a time when black people who had light skin would try to pass themselves off as white. And for that, given the time period, you know, when, uh, you know, it could be, it could have meant the difference between being a slave or not being a slave after you've escaped. Or uh, it could mean the difference of you're subject to Jim Crow or not. Uh, that's not a long con. That's tr- that's just trying to survive. When there are ridiculous racial things and that are codified in law that can just, just fuck your life up. I get it. I get that. This is the opposite. This is the rare case where somebody is pretending to be black for the, for, well, really for the, for the same reason, for, to advance themselves, to advance their career, to, to, to enhance their resume. Because it's not just that, you know, she told her friends and the people she knew that she was black. No, no, no. She used it to advance her position, to get, Onto that community board for, for police oversight, to get um, uh, to to go and teach at a university on multicultural and African American studies, to become the president of an NAACP chapter, which is quite prestigious. Could she have done all of those things if she was just who she was, a white person? But yes, it's possible. Would it have been harder? Absolutely. This is what she wanted. This made it easier for her to do it. And she lied to everyone that she knew in order to accomplish it. It gets worse because for Rachel Dolezal, it wasn't enough to just be black and to be active in the black community doing what, I don't know, what seems to me to be good work, you know, based on what I've seen. She had to have everything that went along with it, everything that went along being black, inclu- including being persecuted for being black, even when she never was. As soon as she got there, as soon as she got to Washington, which, according to people who live there, there was none of this, these these death threats, these, uh, uh, all the stuff that she was getting. It that, that wasn't really happening to anybody. But as soon as she got there, within a year... There was 10 incidents, September of 2009. Uh, Dolazol working uh, then at a staffer of the Human Rights uh, Institute, reports finding a noose in front of her front porch at the home she lives. Uh, she, uh, she was concerned about her welfare and has been harassed by white supremacists in the past. Later on, they interviewed the guy who rented her the property, and he said, yeah, I know, I put the noose there. I used to catch deer and hang them up in the backyard and gut them and clean them. When the police went back to question her about that, she would not return their phone calls. November of 2009. Dolezal uh, files a report on on behalf of the Human Rights Education Center. Uh, She claims she discovered a swastika sticker on the Institute's doors. Security cameras had malfunctioned during the time the swastika was placed. No further action was taken. September of 2010, Dolezal files a malicious malicious injury support report about about a July incident where she allegedly found a palm-sized dent on the passenger panel of her car. April of 2010, Dolezal uh, files a report for harassing phone calls. Dolezal claims to have received a vulgar phone call from a female student the prosecutor's uh, attorney's office defi- uh, declined to prosecute because it did not have sufficient evidence of the phone harassment. June of 2010, dollars all over files a report of a noose hanging in her car, in her uh, uh, carport. What the hell's a carport? You, it's, a, it's a fucking garage. What's the matter with you? Finds a report of a noose hanging in her, in her garage um, in August of the same year, a detective files a supplemental report stating that in an effort to find potential witnesses who have, may have seen anyone hang the re- report. Um oh yeah, this is the this is the same thing with the with a guy who was uh I don't know what's going on with this one. Case was closed, no arrestment. I don't know. Uh February of 2015, so just a few months ago. This is an interesting one. Dolezal, then president of the NAACP, reports to the police of finding an Envelope in the NAACP post office box containing an 18-page letter filled with harassing statements and images aimed at her. The envelope is not postmarked, and Dolezal is the only known person to have a key to the P.O. box. There was a full investigation into this. That letter, or that, that parcel, did not go through the post office. There's, a, you know, there's, 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 there, it had postage that was not, uh, you know, canceled, you know, you, they put the stamp over it or whatever. Um, the only way that that parcel could have gotten into her mailbox is by somebody who had the key or an actual member or, or an actual person who worked at the post office. Not looking great for her. Now, they swapped, They got the DNA off this thing. So if they really wanted to, uh, well, you need probable cause. In, in, you, you can't just go taking people's DNA from the post office. I don't think you could do that without probable cause. I'm willing to bet everyone would submit to it, though, because she put it in her, herself. There's no question about it. Uh, I don't know why they can't pull up the uh, security, but whatever. They got the DNA off it. They ran it through the FBI database. They did due diligence. There's, you know, nothing. Uh, Later in February of this year, reports her son was called a racial slur and chastised in a store. After an investigation, witnesses said no racial slur was made and that he walked casually into the store to buy candy. Case was closed. April of uh, this year, two people mistakenly walked into Dolezal's unlocked house because they were lost. Dolezal claims these two people attempted a home invasion and she felt harassed, but her son, home at the time, told people he wasn't scared. They seemed like normal, middle-class white people, he told police, noting the couple took time to try to catch the family cat, which had escaped into the neighbor's yard, okay? Uh, unable to end it. So her whole life, she has not just assumed the, the, the skin color and the identity of a black person. She has manufactured... The harassment that so many black people do face, apparently not here, in her, in in this in this town in Washington, apparently that's never really happened before to anybody in recent in recent history. It's just happening to her, but it does happen to black people all across the country all the time. She had to make that a part of her identity, also, which is, you know, regardless of how you feel. I. Regardless of how you feel about whether somebody can just assume a racial identity, you can't take along with that. You can't take along the suffering by manufacturing it. That's just disgusting. And frankly, I think she should be held criminally liable for all this shit. So, again, why is this newsworthy? Well, you know, partially, number one, she has chosen to live the life of a newsworthy person, a public figure. President of the NAACP, overse- overseeing police, um, teaching cultural studies, all this stuff. She is quite the public person. Now, how it, it just, it kind of boggles my mind how somebody in this day and age thinks that they can get away with this by being such a public person, particularly when your parents are still alive particularly when you can go on the Internet and find out anything about anyone. Oh, there's one one thing I forgot to mention. Now, there was a time, you know, all this time she's black, there's people hanging nooses, slipping her death notes, all this stuff, right? Well, there was one time when she actually filed a lawsuit against Howard University, where she was attending, for racial discrimination. She felt that she was being discriminated against because she was white. So all this time, she's black, she's doing everything black, but when she actually files a lawsuit, because she didn't get what she wanted, she wanted some position that she didn't get, on that day, she was white. She is whatever race she wants to be whenever it suits her best. She needs to sue somebody and she needs to be white, then she's white. She wants to get into the NAACP, then she's black. And then she and, and with all these interviews now, she, she's doubling down. Ask the question point blank. She's not running away anymore. She says, yes, I am black. Now, can you do that? Can you really do that? I mean, a lot of people bring up, well, if Bruce Jenner can be a woman, then Rachel Dolezal can be black. And there's a lot of people that support her. Uh, Most of them are not black. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of people to do. There's a lot of people that support her, say, yeah, you can do this. Well, here's the thing. When, uh, In the case of Bruce Jenner, I guess, it's not a secret. He's not living a lie. Everybody knows. He's telling everybody. He's going through a sex change thing. I don't know if he's getting the, the whole... I don't know what he's doing with his penis. Um, a lot of these people, they turn their penises into vaginas. And you know, at that point, I say, hey, listen. You're committed. You, 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 you can be whatever you want. You're going to... You feel so strongly about this that you're going to chop your dick off? Okay, God bless. But you know what? It even goes a little bit further than that. Because... For somebody who is transgender, that is born obviously born as a man. Obviously born with male genitalia. You are a man. When you're born with female genitalia, you are a woman. There that is a biological fact. However, the human mind, it's a funny thing. There can be there can be genetic stuff going on where the wires just get crossed the wrong way, where no matter what, this person they always feel like they are a woman. There, there, there have been um, there have been studies done with uh, identical twins who share the same genes, but just well, that just weakened my argument, didn't it? Hmm. Um, well, that's with gay. I'm familiar with identical twins where one is gay and one is straight. So that's another story, and that did not strengthen my argument. But what I will say is that I believe these people. Who are obviously born men or women, and then that their whole life they feel like they are the opposite. They, they and they, and they can't stand being in a man's body or in a woman's body. It is an overwhelming source of pain in their lives. They have felt for their whole lives that they are a woman. And and you know what I say? Okay. You know whatever you got to do you need surgery, you need a wig, you need makeup, you need breast and whatever it is, I say okay. Because you know what? There was never a case except maybe RuPaul. Other than RuPaul, I don't really think there's ever been a case of anybody changing their gender and making their lives actually easier. Uh, For them on living on a day-to-day basis, uh, yes, of course, that's why they're doing it. But in terms of You know just being a person in society it doesn't help in fact it's i mean that in the progress that's been made with like accepting gay people um transgender people have a long way to go before they're accepted by society in the same way it's way way off it's a big difference it doesn't make your life easy it makes your life a lot harder so it's really really hard to make the argument that you're somehow advancing your 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 social agenda your career your whatever by changing genders it it's a rough road to go down so again, why is this newsworthy with Rachel because you don't hear about it that often now why is it really worth discussing is the next question and here's why I think it is. It's not because it's uncommon. It's because I believe this is extremely common. I believe that this happens every day, but you don't hear about it. Here's why I believe that. Let's just take, I mean, you could use the work for, you you could use a lot of examples. I'm just gonna go with academia because um, it's rather extreme in that case. So let's go with academia. These universities, um, they can't. They, they are not allowed to simply um, uh, allow whichever applicants they feel are the, uh, the most qualified. They can do that to a, to a certain degree. Um, probably for most of the students, they can do that. But um, they have quotas and make no mistake, affirmative action is absolutely a quota it is the definition of a quota because of the affirmative action laws they must let in x percent of this minority x percent of that minority x percent of that you know they have to fill these quotas um it, now normally that makes it easier for some minorities to get in but if you want to find uh, an interesting case i won't get into it now but if you want to find an interesting case of it actually making harder for a minority to get in just do a google search for do, do, do go to google search for Uh, Harvard Asians. And that will make for an interesting read, I guarantee it. Uh, Anyway, normally it is making it a lot easier for minorities to get into schools because, well, they have to let in a certain amount. They just have to. Hey, maybe they would want to if they were to do it voluntarily, but hey, that's not how it works. They have to. So these universities, they're under enormous pressure to find these people, to get them in. Uh, The standards are dropped dramatically for these people. When they get an application from somebody who's got let's say let's say it's a white person, right? Who's got pretty pretty good grades, pretty good uh, SATs, you know, extracurriculars, all that stuff. They're pretty good, but n- not quite good enough to get into the school. They're just under the threshold or whatever, right? However, if that person with the same CV, the same grade, the same everything applied as black, they'd get in a slam dunk, right? So what if there was a white person who could, I mean, if Rachel Dolezal could do it, shit, anybody could do it. I mean, she's white as white can be and she was able to you know, to convince everyone she was black. So she could do it, anyone could do it, right? What real motivation? Now, the motivation for this person to pretend they're black to get into school is obvious. They wouldn't have gotten into the school otherwise. Shit, they may even be able to take advantage of some scholarships or some programs or whatever. There's an enormous, enormous incentive to do this. And it's very easy to get away with unless you're going to, you know, if you're just looking to get into a two-year school, a four-year school, get your degree, get on with your life, nobody's ever going to catch you. Because if you think about it, what motivation does the university really have for catching them, for fact-checking what their race really is? Not only do they not have... the, the. they wouldn't want to know they're having a hard enough time finding minorities to let into the school with pretty with with standards that are you know much less than the, the, the what than what they would like they're having enough trouble putting butts in the seats you think when they come across somebody who's you know yeah this is pretty good yeah this is you know They might even be borderline to get in if they were white. Now they're black. They're not going to check it. Why would they want to find out? They wouldn't. And this person can then simply go to school, live their life. They don't have to tell everybody. The the, 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 the con can really end after they're admitted. They don't need to. nothing, Nothing else needs to happen. They don't need to go into a black fraternity or go, go get involved with a black... No, you just got to be black to get in. You can drop the con right there. If you don't think that this is happening every day, then I got a bridge to sell you. When you have a situation that is... Uh, it's basically just like a an illogical... Market—it's mm, not an obstruction. Um, disruption is really what it is. You—you—you you're, have an organization. You are forcing them to act in a way that they would not choose to when given their by their own choice. You're, when you're making their life very difficult to do their job, which is educating people, and you're you're creating these obstacles that's very hard for them to deal with. You better believe that people are going to take advantage of that. Why wouldn't they? They're not going to get caught. It's going to be a huge advantage to them. They really only have to live the con for a All they got to do is tick a box. That's all they have to do. That's all she did. She ticked a box, changed her hairstyle, and put on some bronzer. Who couldn't do that? Come on. And that's why, to me, and this is this is this is a part of the story that is not only newsworthy, but I mean it's like I don't know if people are just didn't think of this. Like, do you think do you honestly think I'm the first person or the second person? Okay, so Rachel Dolezal was the first person to think of to doing this, and I'm the second, right? You really believe that? You really believe. That there aren't tens of thousands of people taking advantage of this every day, whether it be in universities. Hey, listen, big corporations got the same problem. They got they got affirmative action stuff. They're, look, they're, they're looking to hire minorities as much as they can. How much you think they're really going to check into it? They got to fill those seats. Nobody carries a, a black identification card or a Chinese identification card. No, it doesn't work like that. You tick the box, you're in. And I mean, who would? Re- it's it's too easy. And I mean, it's even easier. Like if you want to take another, like you could just say, like if you're white, listen, I I see Hispanic people. They look they look as white as me, you know. That's a quota that's got to be filled. You don't even have to do anything. In that case, you don't have to do it. nothing. It's too easy. The real story is that nobody should really give a shit, period. There is really only one race, and that is the human race. And at the end of the day, we're all African-American. We started in Africa, and then people went over here, and the sun doesn't shine so much. Over here it does. At the end of the day, we're all human beings, right? And there's millions of millions of years of geographic separation, and you got people that look different. That's all it is. I shouldn't have to care that Rachel Dolezal has changed her re- race from white to black. I. Uh, why would I care? Why would I care? Because I'm paying for it. And so are you. These programs, which there's no data. There is absolutely no data because, again, nobody is looking to enforce this. Nobody is looking to police this at all. So there's no data except we got Rachel Dolezal. There's there's our data point. That's all we got. But I know that when there is such a huge advantage given to an individual by an organization who has no interest in policing what's going on, in fact, even if they had an idea or a question, it is in their best interest to turn and look the other way. So when you have this very unique Market circumstance where it's so advantageous and so easy. In fact, you're almost guaranteed to get away with it. You better believe it's going to be abused rampantly. And who's paying for that? Yeah, that's right. You're paying for it. And you got people taking advantage of it. To me, that's the story. or at least that's what people should give a shit about. It'll be interesting the way that this pans out. I mean, like I said, she's she's taken the double down. She goes she sits with another black person right on right on live TV. Are you black, Rachel? Yes, I am black. You, you know, I, I here's where I cut her the I I cut her a little slack um Well, it's not that I'm going to cut her slack here. It's that I am going to talk about I'm going to mention a true fact that I can't possibly imagine how it would have affected a child. Now her her parents are I don't know, they there's stuff coming out on them. I don't know what's true and what's not. Um some people say they're like um uh Christian religious uh uh you know, like hardcore evangelicals, you know, the kind that believes that the earth is only 6,000 years old, whatever. I don't know if that's true or not. What is true, what is a fact, is that one day they adopted four black children, right? When Rachel was still a child. So I'm just trying to think for myself, let's say one day Russ Wishart comes home from school, he's whistling, got his lunch pail, He's got his book bag. He walks in, and there are four black people sitting at the Wishtart dinner table. And my dad says, Russell, I'd like you to meet your new brothers and sisters. I cannot even begin to imagine what that's like or what that, what kind of a, a, what it's like, what kind of a developmental change that would make in a child. Um. It's impossible. It is impossible for any of us to put ourselves or or to, to to understand what that's going to do to a child that's still developing. That at that point, I think is. I think she. I don't even think she was a teenager at that point. That is going. It's gonna fuck with their head. It's gonna change them. It's gonna. That is, I, I don't want to call it traumatic because maybe it wasn't traumatic for her. Maybe it was really positive. But that's going to change you. That's going to—you're not going to be. It's going to change your experience as a child, but as as a—it's as going to change everything. It's going to change your whole life. I mean, if they if they adopted four white children, that would change your life all of a sudden. You got, all these brothers and sisters coming out of nowhere. They, their parents chose to adopt four black ones for whatever reason. I can't imagine what that's like. And I'm fairly certain that that event had a huge impact on her. So there's there's two things going on here, I think. Now, obviously, by changing her race, she was able to very you know very much advance the career path that she wanted uh it was much easier for her to get the positions and the and the and the and the, the all, all the things that she was doing it was easier for her to get them because she was black now that's a problem too um and maybe it shouldn't be that way but uh, that's the way it is um so there was that's the one thing The, the other thing is, I don't know. I think, again, I don't know if these stories about her parents being religious whack jobs or that they use corporal punishment. I don't know if any of that's true. I just know they adopted the kids. Um, I think this is almost like... It's almost like she's trying she's trying to say the ultimate fuck you to her parents. Now, they didn't, she hasn't talked with her parents in years, so for whatever reason, they weren't on good terms. I don't know if it had anything to do with her being black. I don't know. I, I I don't have a PhD in psychology, but I did drop out of grad school, so that's probably a little bit better than staying in a Holiday Inn last night, but I don't know i think that there was some sort of psychological instability that may have happened due to her parents adopting you know four children that are absolutely nothing like you they came from a different place have different problems have different parents are black you know i don't think that rachel wanted to be black because that's what she thought her parents wanted after all her parents are black adopted four black kids maybe you know maybe she thought well My parents want me to be black, so maybe I'll be black. I don't think that's what's going on. I think what's going on here is Rachel's trying to say to her parents that I'm going to succeed, I'm going to do it without your help, and I'm going to do it without your identity. That I don't need the help, the charity, that you gave to my adopted siblings, and I'm going to do it being the same color As they are, it is an elaborate fuck you, but I think it's a fuck you all the same. And I think that motivation kind of helps her to mentally mask the fact that she does know well and she knows that what she's doing has and if she wasn't caught would continue to advance her career. I think she's able to mask that with this fuck you mom and dad thing. The only person who really knows is Rachel. And it'll be interesting to see how this pans out. Um, Here's my prediction. Um, I think this is gonna work out well for her. Uh, Her life has certainly been hell for the past couple of weeks. Uh, It can't be pleasant. Um, but at the same time, I'm watching her in these interviews. Uh, first of all, highly intelligent woman. Um, either I'm not saying she's enjoying the attention, but she doesn't seem too perturbed in the interview. She seems, she seems like she's pretty much got it together pretty good. Um, I believe for the first time in her life that she is actually getting death threats and and people saying horrible things um, in mass. Um, you know, she had 10 incidents in in a year in a, in, a, in a couple of years or whatever that she likely made up all of them, fabricated all of them. Now she didn't need to do that anymore. <laughs> That's happening every second. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe she likes it. maybe. That she And she certainly has a, her supporters. I think they're in the vast minority. But she's made, she's a virtually a household name at this point. There's got to be some people that own some companies or some organizations or whatever. They're going to get their name out there if they hire her. I think this is going to work out quite well for her. That is my prediction. It's really sad that any of this matters at all. Imagine if if none of this mattered. If, if, if nobody cared at all what race or color you are, there would be nobody bothering to change it, right? It's a weird world we live in. Weird world with weird people. Um, last thing I want to give to you guys. Oh, shit. Oh, my goodness. So, okay. Uh, one of my main topics of conversation was almost an afterthought. Uh, although there's not much to say about this at this point, so I'll do it quickly. The uh, New York Attorney General has announced that $95,000 in fines are going to be collected from a settlement from four New York businesses for selling e-liquid without childproof caps. Um this is interesting. Um number one it's interesting like I two of these shops I have I've been to many times, the Henley Vaporium and uh, Beyond Vape in New York City, um been been to those places many times. The other two businesses I'm not um familiar with, but the, shut up. I already said you. Shut up. It's interesting because, like, how could you not know about this law? I mean, it was... Uh, I would say, though, that they got off so easy. The fine, I believe, was $1,000 per bottle sold. So let's say you sold 1,000 uh, dollars, thousand bottles of e-liquid. That's a million dollars. So the fact, I mean, this was a settlement. The fact that, you know, I, I don't know if that's 95 to, thousand dollars divided four ways evenly or or what the case was but even if one of those stores got fined ninety five thousand dollars they got off easy they really did because the law kind of has them dead the rights um i can pretty much bet the farm that the the fact that any one of those stores sold more than 95 bottles of liquid that didn't have a childproof cap on it so listen it sucks uh But listen, man, you got to know what the laws are. I mean, this wasn't a secret. Um, And the, uh, I guess I don't have anything else to say about that. Uh, Here's an interesting one. We always hear about, you know, if it bleeds, it leads, right? We always hear about uh, these, um, the mass shootings, obviously. Um, They're horrible. They're scary. They're disgusting. uh, They're wrong. Um, And, of course, they make front-page news. So I'm going to ask you, did you hear about the latest uh, mass shooting in Chicago? No, you did not. And you didn't hear about it because it didn't happen. It started, some guy came out, started firing a gun into a crowd, seemingly indiscriminately. Um, Luckily... Nobody was, I I don't know if he actually even hit anybody. Nobody was killed. But really the reason why nobody was killed wasn't because of poor marksmanship. It was because an Uber driver who had a concealed uh, carry permit killed him instantly. As soon as he saw this guy start shooting, he got out of his uh, car and shot shot him several times. Uh, He didn't kill him. Interesting where his wounds are. His wounds were all on the legs and lower back, um, which is odd because if you've got CCW in Chicago, I'm pretty sure you got to take some classes for that. One would think that you learn to shoot for center mass, but for whatever reason, this guy was shooting a little bit low, so this scumbag's life was spared. But more importantly, on whether or not the gunman uh, died, the uh, nobody else died. That's what's important. Um, um, that said, you don't hear about this. That, that this this, you never see anyone. I, I, yes, of course you hear about a mass shooting where there's victims, as you should. Certainly, that's newsworthy. I think it's equally newsworthy that a mass shooting was averted by somebody who had concealed carry. But no, you're not going to hear that on NBC. you got to hear that on WVPL.